0: we need to educate ourselves and take back our power and use the treatments that our ancestors have used for thousands of years. And I don't think that we should just go willy-nilly and start taking random herbs. I think we really need to understand how these things work. The ancients knew how they worked. They had done their own experiments and they had come to their own conclusions and a lot of them were actually scientifically valid and can be proven today with current Scientific methods, but our scientists aren't interested in these natural remedies because they are so readily available and they are not likely to turn a profit for these companies and for these people. The statements I make on this podcast are for educational purposes only. My statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Therefore, The statements I make are not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All of the information I share is simply for informational purposes only. You should always consult with a licensed healthcare professional before you start taking a new vitamin, supplement, medicinal herb, or conventional medication. You should also get professional advice before you start a new exercise program or if you suspect that you might have a health problem. Knowledge is power. I I hope you use the information I share with you to seek the best care for yourself and the people you love. Thank you for listening. One of the things that annoys me the most about having to choose between conventional medicine and herbal medicine is that conventional medical doctors aren't even willing to consider natural remedies. They have their go-to prescription treatments and that's it. I asked my gynecologist about something natural that could help me with my excessive bleeding because I'm so anemic that it is literally disabling. I pass out some times I never have enough energy. I'm constantly like taking a moment to sit and lie down. The doctor immediately said no that she didn't know of any natural treatment for that, but that there was a medicine called tranexamic acid that I could take that was known to lessen bleeding in a lot of different situations, including excessive menstrual bleeding. So, I took the tranexamic acid and it did help, but it also gave me a very painful blood clot in my arm. I don't know if it was dangerous. They didn't check the rest of my body. I suspect that I also had a blood clot in my leg. I noticed that one a little later, but the blood clot in my arm was confirmed by ultrasound, and all of this was happening when I had the shingles outbreak. It was just so bad. I had things happening on top of things, and that's why I just didn't record or upload any podcast episodes for a while because because I was just not well. And even now, I'm mostly recovered, but I am just extremely weak, extremely weak. It's difficult to even explain. I have this other weird symptom that I've been dealing with for a long time. That's called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And I noticed that it's always worse after I've had some kind of illness. So like the shingles left me pretty sick, like in bed for a while. And now I seem to be dealing with that again, where I like either need to sit down in the shower because I'm getting extremely dizzy. My heart rate goes up really high. So anyway, the reason for this recording is that I feel that the spirits are trying to send a message to me. And the first message that I felt like I kept receiving was that I should be sharing information about herbs related to women's health because of the current situation in the U.S. Supreme Court where they're really going hard for abortion rights. They really don't want us to have the right to access that medical treatment. So we need to educate ourselves and take back our power and use the treatments that our ancestors have used for thousands of years. And I don't think that we should just go willy-nilly and start taking random herbs. I think we really need to understand how these things work. The ancients knew how they worked. They they had done their own experiments and they had come to their own conclusions. And a lot of them were actually scientifically valid and can be proven today with current scientific methods. But our scientists aren't interested in these natural remedies because they are so readily available and they are not likely to turn a profit for these companies and for these people. This all brings me back to my problem, which is the excessive bleeding, anemia, and over overall fatigue. I say fatigue and it sounds like, oh, if you're tired, you know, take a little nap or make sure you sleep better at night. And it's not that kind of fatigue. I literally have to chug large amounts of coffee to give myself the energy I need to just do the normal stuff in life. It is debilitating. My iron levels are so low that they said there was no way I could ever catch up just with diet. I needed to have iron infusions and I'll probably need them again. But I don't want them. I'm deathly afraid of needles. It gives me way more anxiety than it's worth. I'm probably taking years off of my life with how completely upset I get every time I have to go and subject myself to something like that. It just doesn't seem good. So the National Institutes of Health put out a paper, and I'm going to read a little bit of it. They're talking about natural supplements to treat menorrhagia, excessive bleeding on your period. A variety of different herbal supplements have been used to treat menorrhagia. The goals of alternative treatments of menorrhagia are the same as the goals of conventional treatment. Control the bleeding, prevent and treat anemia, and restore an acceptable menstrual pattern. A review of literature demonstrated that a variety of different supplements were recommended. The correct dosage on these herbs is critical, so the chiropractor should consult a botanical or herbal reference text to ensure correct amounts. Chaste tree, chased berry, or Phydex agnus castus is probably the best known herb in Europe for treatment of hormonal imbalances and abnormal bleeding in women. It has been used for the full scope of menstrual disorders. It acts upon the hypothalamus and pituitary gland with its progesterone-like effect, increasing luteinizing hormone and inhibiting the release of FSH, resulting in a shift of the ratio of estrogen and progesterone. In a recent study of 126 women with menstrual disorders, 58 of the women had a decrease in the number of heavy bleeding days using 15 drops of liquid extract. Pregnant women should not use this as it can cause miscarriage. Chaste tree is probably the most important herb to normalize and regulate the menstrual cycle, but it is not a fast-acting herb and it may take several months to achieve results. Ginger, or Zingiber officinale, has been shown to inhibit prostaglandin synthesis, the enzyme believed to be related to the altered prostaglandin-2 ratio associated with excessive menstrual loss. Inhibition of prostaglandin in and leukotriene formation could explain ginger's traditional use as an anti-inflammatory agent and anti-inflammatories are effective in reducing the flow from heavy menses. Now for traditional astringent herbs. Astringent herbs are a large category of tannin-containing plants that are used to reduce blood loss from the reproductive tract as well as gastrointestinal tract, respiratory tract, and skin. In the reproductive tract, the astringent herbs are used to correct uterine or cervical bleeding. Of these, Shepherd's Purse has a long history of use in the management of preventing or arresting gynecologic hemorrhage. In most cases, these herbs are used in combination formulas for weeks and possibly months to be effective. Okay, so far we've talked about chase tree chaseberry, which is vitex agnus castus ginger, which which is Zingiber officinale, and astringent herbs like shepherd's purse. Now let's get into traditional uterine tonics. In traditional herbal medicine, uterine tone determines the ease of menstrual flow. Therefore, if the uterus is hypotonic, there may be heavy bleeding. Improving uterine tone may normalize and regulate menstrual bleeding. Tonic herbs can be used in combination formulations for weeks and months to bring results. Life root also known as ragwort, has been used as a female regulator in herbal medicine for conditions such as menstrual cramps, menorrhagia, and suppressed menstruation. The root of the blue cohosh, a perennial herb that grows all over the United States, when used with other astringent herbs, acts as a uterine tonic and helps regulate the menses and the amount of flow. This next section of the article is the reason I found it, because I had stumbled upon information that that said yarrow was a good treatment for menorrhagia. So this is about traditional herbs for blood loss. Yarrow has been used since medieval times to treat bleeding wounds. It is an herb traditionally known as a uterine stimulant. It increases muscular tone and stimulates reproductive activity and is also known to be effective for the treatment of menstrual problems. There is some scientific evidence based on research performed in Europe to support its effectiveness. A potential side effect is miscarriage in pregnant women. Laboratory studies have indicated that black haw has an antispasmodic and relaxant effect on the uterus. Various formulas that may help to control menorrhagia include Tripterygium wilfordii hook F or TWH-F, zhao yao san modified also known as rambling powder, and dong Kui or dang gui. Dong Kui is used in Chinese medicine for the treatment of multiple gynecological conditions, its exact mechanism of action is unclear, but it has been proven to have vasodilation and antispasmodic properties. However, it can cause uterine contractions in pregnant women. One study from China in 1984 discussed the use of Tryptoragium wolfordii hook and its effects on menorrhagia. Of 12 total women, 7 developed amenorrhea within 3 to 6 months. And four had a reduction in menses, and one had no change at all. So this was a pretty small sample size. They did this study using just 12 women and like they said seven of the women developed amenorrhea. Amenorrhea is the total absence of menstruation. It's often defined as missing one or more menstrual periods. Primary amenorrhea refers to the absence of menstruation in someone who has not had a period by age 15. Tryptorhigium wolfordii is also known as lei gong teng. It's sometimes called thunder god vine, but more properly translated, it would be like thunder duke vine. It's a vine used in traditional Chinese medicine. It's commonly used to treat autoimmune and inflammatory diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, systemic lupus, and kidney disease. So in this study of 12 people who were taking tryptoragium wolforii hook, seven of them developed amenorrhea within three to six months. They went from probably bleeding too much or having some other issue with their period to not having a period. And then four of them had a reduction in menses and one of them actually showed no change at all. So it's possible that this might not work for you. It's possible that it would work extremely well and it could give you your body a break from bleeding for a while that might help you restore your iron levels to a more healthy normal level. I'm actually going to look into each of these treatments a little more closely and figure out which one might work best with my body in the way my body seems to work or not work well in various ways. I see that they're saying a lot of this has to do with low tone in the uterus and I see how that could be a problem for me because I seem to have this Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, hypermobility, it can lead to some low muscle tone, some like issues with your joints and muscles and like keeping everything strong. I also have something that's called an incompetent cervix and I think that's related to my Ehlers-Danlos because my cervix is just not strong. Like basically Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is a connective tissue disorder. I think my connective tissues are just not strong the way they're supposed to be. So I can see how I might have some laxity maybe in my uterus that might be causing excessive bleeding, and I think I've just always had that problem because I've always had an issue with excessive bleeding. The only time I didn't struggle with that was when I was pregnant for like 10 years straight, (laughs) which is crazy. Like I can remember at times preferring to be pregnant because then at least I wasn't bleeding so heavily every month. I definitely need to get this under control. Like when I was younger, my periods were more spread out so much so that it seemed like almost a problem. And now they're so close together that I'm not getting a break. And that's why I feel completely disabled. When I am on my period, there are at least two to three days when I can't go anywhere because no matter what I do, I'm going to bleed through my clothes. That's one sign that I'm definitely bleeding too much. And then after that, I'm so weak. This is a problem, needs to be addressed. But the thing that I think is interesting is that I've been drawn to these herbs recently that have the side effect of inducing abortion. And I think it's really important to share information about all of these herbs. And I would like for women in states where they no longer have access to abortion to know about these options. I understand what it's like to be in a bad situation and to have your options limited. So I'm very thankful that I live in a state that is considered liberal when it comes to that and that doctors really advocate for their patients here. And I think doctors advocate for their patients everywhere. It's unfortunate that the legal system here in America feels like they have the right to get involved. Legislators are trying to force women and girls to give birth when they don't want to. That is such a problem, (laughs) such a problem. Nobody should be forced to give birth if they don't want to. Nobody should be forced to carry a pregnancy that they don't want. Everyone should have body autonomy should be able to make decisions for their own bodies. We have to be reasonable. The woman has to be the one to be able to make the decision for her body, regardless of who is in her body at that time. And I meant that in a few different ways. Back to this article. Sorry for the long tangent. These herbs that I'm discussing to help lessen blood loss and decrease menstrual flow are herbs that you do not want to take if you are pregnant and intending to carry that pregnancy to term because these herbs do induce abortion. I've had to give that warning several times with herbs that I've covered recently because it just seems like this is a major theme right now in my herbalism and that is not intentional. I stumbled upon that article on cotton root bark just coincidentally. After that, I happened to learn a little bit about motherwort and again, that was just coincidentally, I was looking up mugwort and I saw motherwort and started reading about it. So it just seems like I'm stumbling upon all of these herbs that are like meant to give women options in how to keep our bodies healthy. So this just feels so empowering. I hope people who are listening to these episodes are taking this as sort of a way to empower yourself and not as some kind of controversial political statement. I don't really care if people... disagree with my political views, they're mine. But I do want to share information about women's health, about healthcare in general, regarding natural remedies that people have used for thousands of years. And I see that there is some stigma attached to terminology like alternative medicine or natural remedies. They seem to go hand in hand with the term quackery. And I think we really need to stop that. These are things that have healing benefits. These These things work. You just have to understand how they work. And that's my goal here is to share some of that information. We've already discussed several herbs that address this problem, the problem of heavy bleeding: chaste tree, chaste berry, which is Vitex agnus castus, ginger, which is gingerber officinale. We've discussed what they do in terms of their effects on the hormones. Like chaste tree, chaste berry acts upon your hypothalamus and pituitary gland, and it. Has Progesterone like effects, it increases luteinizing hormone, it inhibits the release of FSH, and so this helps to balance out your estrogen and progesterone, which a lot of women have trouble with. And as far as ginger, it's shown to inhibit prostaglandin synthesis. Then we talked a little bit about traditional astringent herbs, which are a really huge category of herbs that have tannins. The tannins give these herbs their astringent qualities, they reduce blood blood loss from the reproductive tract, also from the gastrointestinal tract, and the respiratory tract. So even if you have like a bad cough that you're like coughing up blood, you might want to try an herb with some tannins to help reduce some of that bleeding from the respiratory tract. I've even heard that people use some of these herbs to treat nosebleeds, but in the reproductive tract, astringent herbs are used to correct uterine or cervical bleeding. And Shepherd's Purse was the example that they gave there but they keep mentioning that a lot of times you have to take these herbs for weeks or months in order to notice the real effects of them and I'm going to make sure I fully understand the side effects but I'm willing to start a course of maybe an herbal blend or something that is meant to reduce bleeding because I am desperate I talked a little bit about traditional uterine tonics as well these help to improve the tone like the muscle tone of the uterus and again you have to use these things for like a few weeks to notice the results. But they talk about life root, ragwort. Life root is also known as ragwort. And they also talk about the root of blue cohosh. And then lastly, we got on to yarrow and some of these other things that are traditional herbs for blood loss. In addition to yarrow, there was 40i hook. That one seems to be pretty popular. Also, zhao yao san, which is also, known as rambling powder, and then donkwe or donkwe. So I just talked a little bit about the study that they did of the 12 women who were taking Tripterygium wolfordii hook and how seven of them saw a complete stop in their periods altogether. This herb is thought to exert an inhibitory effect on ovarian function. Wedelia calendulaceae less. Is a perennial herb that contains as its principal constituent isoflavonoids and wedelolactone, which are analogous in structure to the clover estrogen cumistrol. In addition to its use with menorrhagia, Wadilia calendulaceae less can be used for uterine hemorrhage. Other herbs that have been mentioned as helpful for menorrhagia are bayberry bark, Myrissa serifera, also known as wax myrtle, and black. I'm going to include the link to this article because it is really good. There's lots of great information here. They have a table of herbs and their classifications. The herbs are classified as either astringent with tannins, astringent without tannins, uterine tonics, and then traditional herbs for blood loss. Any one of these herbs could fall under more than one category. Bathroot is an astringent herb with tannins, and it's also a traditional herb for blood loss. Black haw is a traditional herb for blood loss. Blue cohosh, also known as squaw root or papoose root, is a uterine tonic. Canadian fleabane is a traditional herb for blood loss. Cinnamon or cinnamon essential oil is also a traditional herb for blood loss. Crane's bill or crowfoot is an astringent herb with tannins, and golden seal is an astringent herb without tannins. Greater peri- Winkle is an astringent herb with tannins, and it's also a traditional herb for blood loss. Helionis is is a uterine tonic. Horsetail is an astringent herb without tannins. Lady's mantle is an astringent herb with tannins. Life root is both a uterine tonic and a traditional herb for blood loss. Raspberry leaves are a uterine tonic. Savin is a traditional herb for blood loss. Shepherd's purse is both an astringent herb without tannins and a traditional herb for blood loss. Squaw vine is a uterine tonic yarrow is an astringent herb with tannins and a traditional herb for blood loss. There is a lot more information that I want to share from this article. It's actually very, very long. They have a sample treatment plan that includes taking bioflavonoids, vitamin A, chase tree, and then a combination of herbal products using astringents and uterine tonics, and maybe consider a natural progesterone cream. This is for chronic recurring menorrhagia. So as you can see they're doing a bunch of different things to address the problem. But if you have semi-acute menorrhagia, it's a slightly different treatment plan. I am definitely going to include the link for this article because it is just such a wealth of information. I think it's worth it for anybody who might be struggling with this to actually take a look at the article because I picked through and shared some information. There's a lot more to it. It's definitely worth reading through. Thank you very much for listening to Path of a Green podcast podcast. podcast.